All right, we are live. It's the 180th episode 180 of the Mina's House podcast. I'm Mina, say what? I'm Garnett Briscoe. Dex Stucky. Oh, my God. So I'm excited. We have a guest on the 180th episode, Tony Sunshine. The crazy part about Tony is I literally grew up listening to Tony mm-hmm. and um, we were talking about this, you know, before the podcast started. I'm Spanish, <laughs> but I grew up listening to hip hop. And when I was growing up, it wasn't like I could like it wasn't like I I. I would listen to the music and be like, oh, that person's black. Oh, that person's white. Oh, that person's Spanish. I would just listen to the music and whoever, you know, made it. I like the song. Yeah. So it's like and it was different back then. Right now we have social media. We know what everybody looks like back in the day. I'll never forget. I didn't find out what Jay-Z looked like. So like he I had heard like two or three of his albums. Do you like, think he looks the way he sounds? No. Yeah. I was just about to ask that. Were you disappointed? <laughs> no, I will never forget, you know, because we didn't I didn't have money. So I never bought those magazines. Like but back in the day, the only way you would know what someone looked like is if you bought magazines. Right. And we had the Internet like I grew up with the Internet, but it wasn't like it is now. Like everything wasn't on the Internet where you could Google someone's picture and stuff like that. It was just like a source for information, you know, yeah. but that time pre Google. Right. Or right. It was it was. But then also we would get our music from the internet. So it wasn't like a, let me Google this. It was just like, this is where I got my illegal free music. (laughs) You know, we didn't even care what they looked like back in the day. We we didn't care, especially like artists, but even deeper, like radio hosts and stuff like that. Never cared what they looked like. Y'all, I'll never forget one day I was at the store and I seen, you know, I would go to the store and and you couldn't look through the magazines because they would tell you, you can't, you got to buy it right now. Now they don't care. But I will never forget the day I saw Jay-Z on the cover of a magazine. And I was like, that's what he looked like. <laughs> I was like, ew. <laughs> like, I just he just did not he did not look how I envisioned him. And I remember, you know, I knew what Nas looked like because Nas used to put his face on, on the cover of the the, the the CDs. And I used to be like, mm, Nas look good. But, yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny what now we're going to have Tony Sunshine on on the pod today. But Tony is like one of the first Spanish people I ever heard rap like Tony, Big Pun, uh, Fat Joe, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like the reason why we knew they were Spanish was because they used to incorporate the language in their music. You know, like Jay-Z would drop a word or two here where all the rappers were were dropping, you know, me more and mommy and stuff like that. But you could tell that they were Spanish because of the, how they incorporated the the um, the language in their rapping. And it's crazy. I, I don't think anybody has been mainstream since them, like a crew like not, that. Especially not males. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like Spanish rappers that incorporated into their music the way that they do. It hasn't happened. Their crew, the Terror Squad, was literally like so dominant um, when I was a kid. So we're going to talk to Tony. And see what's going on with him. He got a new song, which is fire. It's called Wanda Sun. But before we talk to him, let's get into what's in our feed. This triggered me a little bit because I don't like when kids are bullied. Now we understand why Drake was trying to keep the world from his son. <laughs> because <laughs> um, he posted. We're starting to see more of Adonis, right? We saw him at the Billboard Awards show with his daddy, you know, accepting the awards. Um, Drake said that people are asking him about the album track list. Instead, he posted a picture of Adonis with his little, you know, his drawing. He's three. It doesn't look like much. 
but it's cute. You know, you're proud of it. Your son drew something. And then here come the Internet trolls comparing that picture to Kanye West's kids picture in North and North drew this and Adonis is drawing like this. I don't know if this is like a way to try to say that maybe Adonis isn't as skilled as North. But why are we doing this to kids? Like what? What? Why are people trolling like this? I and then poor little Adonis was trending, and this is the first time I've seen him trend since Pusha T blew up. Yeah. That you know Drake had a son, and this is why he's trending because of his art skills. Yeah, I I just think that's yeah. P- people can't do that. You you got you gotta let the kids be, man. Drake is just trying to be a good dad. Y'all called him a deadbeat. He's showing y'all he's not. He's showing y'all he's there. He's supporting his son. And yeah, I mean, even if, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the painting now, let's say this may not be his forte. Painting. <laughs> no, who, who knows? It's He's a- not Picasso. <laughs> right. and, and he may never be, but that's fine. He, he may, you know, show out in other things, maybe like music. Maybe if we heard a bar and heard him spitting, nobody would be mad at it. But I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, you definitely gotta uh, gotta take it easy on the kids, man. And then I'm pretty sure that's why Drake was so hesitant because people will just jump on anything. Music isn't enough for people. They they want to know who you dating, why you dating them. They want to know your kids, where they at, what school are they going to. So you know, I I get like just being a little bit more reserved when it comes to your kids and your family. Yeah, and overall, I look at it like if they're going to attack Drake's son, like when we post our kids, like you know that they're doing and talking about our children too, and I just think there's a limit. It's just like, leave people's kids alone. And I know they'd be talking about the people's kids in the group chat. Not me, but I've read people talk about <laughs> other people's kids in the group chat. But remember Blue Ivy got the same thing. Remember they would talk so nasty about like her hair and like how Beyonce wasn't doing her hair and stuff. So much so that the new kids that she has, she don't even show them because it's like, you're not going to talk about my kids. Yeah. And, you know, Blue Ivy's so pretty, so pretty. But every kid goes through that phase. You know, their hair is growing out. You know, it's like I I just I don't understand it. Like, you know, I said earlier, Jay-Z is not the best looking guy. He's an adult. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't say that about someone's kid. Like and there's some ugly kids out here, but I wouldn't say it. Maybe they're just going through an ugly phase. I went through an ugly phase. Listen, I had maybe five teeth. I'm like, mom, what is happening in here? Like, it was not a cute phase. The kids go through these phases. I agree. I'm with you there. I, I think kids should 100% be off limits. Blue Ivy stopped getting picked on when she dropped that bar on Jay-Z album. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, it's the bars. People want to hear it, man. People want to hear it. Yeah. And she she's so pretty, man. I haven't heard no Blue Ivy slander. I think now that we kind of have her personality a little bit more. And I think when there was Blue Ivy slander, I think the beehive came and shut that down real quick. Yeah. So I don't know if Drake got dedicated fans like Beyonce, but he need to get himself like a like a barbs or a beehive to handle that. We're not doing it for Drake right now. We're sorry, Adonis, you have to be a casualty of this war, but we're not going up for Drake until he gives us a track list and an album. We were waiting for Loverboy. <laughs> I'm not. No, Drake is my boy. Like I'm I'm waiting on it. I'm 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 a Drake's I'm a Drake Beyonce beehive person. I'm I'm him. You know what? I appreciate Drake's music and I really enjoy his music, but I, I'm just not waiting on it like I'm waiting on Rihanna. You know, like that. I'm not pressed. You're going to get breaks at some point. You're not even going to get nothing from Rihanna. So that's that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, 
I know I'm not going too long without Drake. He's just dropped the three pack. You know what I'm saying? Like little baby and Drake wants and needs. We're playing that on the radio right now. Like Drake's not going to let you go for too, too long without hearing his voice. Drake's good for that. That's why he's the artist of the decade. <laughs> artist of the decade. Absolutely. Now, speaking of the decade, there's been this conversation about the Mount Rushmore's. And I remember when I first heard this, I was like, what does that mean? You know, but it's like the Mount Rushmore had got the big heads, you know, like. You explain it, it to us? What? <laughs> we know. What oh, we- OK, good, good, good. I didn't know. I was like, what? You- when someone said, what's your Mount Rushmore of female raps? I was like, what? <laughs> and this was like maybe a year or two years ago. I just I didn't know. I just didn't. I was like, what you mean? Like your favorite four. That's because a lot of people don't care about the, the actual Mount Rushmore. Like We don't care. Like that just means nothing to us. That's probably why. Right. But when they explained it to me, I'm like, oh, it's the four heads, you know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> it engraved it on the side of, of a rock. I, I got it. <laughs> but um, everybody started talking about the Mount Rushmore of rap. And then people started doing decades. I think Punch from TDE started this. And um, then the conversation was, who's the Mount Rushmore of the 2010s? So the whole decade. So the picture went up. It was J. Cole, Drake, Kendrick. And then they put a question mark as the fourth one. And then people started guessing. LeBron even chimed in and was like, it's going to be future. Right. Some people were like, it's going to be Wayne. Turns out it's Nikki. Mm. Right. This is the year of 2010. The I get the 2010s. Oh, the, the, okay, okay. The 10. So there's an S. So I'm thinking it's the decade, like the 10. Yeah. You know? So J. Cole, Kendrick, Drake, and Nikki. Does okay. anybody need to go? If so, who has to go? I was going to say, the fact that Bow Wow not on there, I got to like veto this anyway. Bow Wow face got to be on that Mount Rushmore. I don't care what decade is in. We need shot muscle. <laughs> no, we don't. Oh, not at all. Oh, <laughs> not even <wait>. decades. <laughs> we we need to see the versus battle first to be they, reminded. Oh, he he's gonna kill. Watch watch the versus battle. Uh, now nah, that honestly, I mean, who would you trade out? That's a that's pretty good. Even even the Nikki, I mean, you know, she was doing her thing like super heavy during that time, even with Drake. You know, she was the one that was. Uh, leading the charge a little bit with uh, Young Money, Little Wayne, um, yeah. So if if anything that that was in question, maybe that. But I don't think you can question that. Kendrick is solidified for what that is. Uh, albums, Grammys. You know, uh, I would consider him at least having one classic. I don't know how big a fan you guys are, but um, what's that? Uh, Good Kid, Mad City. I really love that album a lot. Um, Cole. Yeah, I mean, they- I mean, but where does future you can't deny that future and Wayne were super dominant during that time. I, I think that if I'm taking two, if I'm taking two out, I know people love them. I love J. Cole and I love um, Kendrick Lamar, but they have to go. And I think um, Little Wayne and Kanye West have to be added into it. Little Wayne, Kanye West, Drake and Nicki Minaj, they ran that decade. So okay. so. That's why I wanted to have this conversation because I think people get this confused. These are not like the best rappers. If we're talking about the best rappers is different, but we're talking about who dominated 10 years, Mm -hmm. 10 years. And as much as I love Kendrick, he just doesn't drop enough to to say that he's dominated all those 10 years. He doesn't he doesn't drop enough. 
and I, it hurts me to say, <laughs> but it just, it hurts me. But I, I don't, I don't think, you know, this is not, we're not talking about rap gods here. We're not talking about the best rappers. We're right. talking about the Mount Rushmore, the the most, the best. I don't, that time, that's yeah. another thing. What does Mount Rushmore mean to you? Well, the fact that Mount Rushmore isn't like, to, I, I, I believe the dude that was sculpting them, he just was putting some faces up there, to be honest with you. So he don't even know half of it. But um, yeah, I mean, and I really agree with Dex, though, uh, now that he pointed that out with Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne, at least I remember being in high school, junior year, from 07 to about 2014, he was the artist. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Putting on the other artists. But also, to your point, two decks, Kanye West. Yes. A lot of the sound that we're hearing even now, you know, you know, people always say that he birthed Drake or birthed other people. So like, Kanye Drake's a big homie for sure. Oh yeah. So without <laughs> you know, without that mixture of who Kanye is, maybe we don't even get some of the legendary sounds or uh songs that we even hear from Drake who's up there. So um yeah, I actually I like that, Dex. I'm I'm, I'm going to switch my answer. I usually don't do this. You know we be beefing on here, but... I listen, we definitely don't. People told me that recently. They were like, do you not like him? And I was like, I don't have no issue with him. They're like, well, you never do what he says. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When you do an ensemble show, you can literally disagree with someone and then y'all cool afterwards. Like, it doesn't mean... That's the thing about today's society. People feel like when you disagree, like, there's a beef. Like, yeah. no, we should all be able to express our opinions. And let me tell you something, doing mornings for six years really helped me as an individual, as a person, you know, because a lot of the times when we have these opinions, we're in our head and we think we're right. And we're like so stubborn about what we think. And we're not even listening to anybody else. And we're not understanding or comprehending or even trying to see the other side. So like I did mornings for six years and it really developed me as a person to be a more accepting person of other people's opinions. Yeah. You know, like you can have yours. I can have mine. As long as it's not disrespectful or you're not disrespecting me. We cool. We don't got to be the same. That's the problem. Everybody want to have Mr. Me Too's around them. They want to have everybody that thinks like them. Like, nah, man, you got to have people that challenge you, that make you think about something in a different manner, in a different light. Maybe help you think about a different point that maybe you weren't even thinking about. Like, those are the kind of people we should have around each other. How are we supposed to grow and learn as people if we just all keep saying the same stuff and believe the same things? Anyways, what were you going to say, Garnett? (laughs) I I was just sitting out. I I was pretty much done. My point as far as... uh, just agreeing with Dex for once. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, I mean, it's a hard thing because like Mount Rushmore has the presidents on there. So it's like, what are we what are we talking about? Are we talking about rap gods? Are we talking about who was more dominant? Because, you know, like, are we talking about who influenced the culture more? Like, there's so many different ways you could take that. Yeah, I agree. And it's hard to pick four. But let me tell you something. I don't care what nobody says. We could argue about the other three, but don't take Nikki off. Because let me tell you, before Nikki, believe it, like it or not, before Nikki came out, chicks were not on here rapping. It was Little Kim, and then there was a drought for years. And then Nikki came, and she was the only one. So don't take Nikki out of here. And even with someone as successful as like Eve, who came, you know, in the middle of the two of them, it still wasn't a splash like Nikki Minaj. Like Nikki really made a splash. Even Missy Elliott, they somewhat. They were before though. I feel like they were before Nikki. No, yeah, before, but I'm saying like in the middle of like Little Kim and Nikki. Oh, right, right. You're right. You're right. Like Missy, but like I feel like they 
made a splash, but definitely not like Nicki Minaj. And also, I never considered Missy Elliott a rapper until she resubmerged in like 2013. Like, where did this come from that Missy's a rapper? <laughs> She's an artist. She's an yeah. artiste. <laughs> uh, Tony Sunshine is joining the pod right now. I just let him in. Perfect timing. On time. We like it when people are on time. So, um, yeah, we were going to talk about Naomi Osaka, but we will continue that conversation. Tony, you need to turn on your video and your mic. He's in Houston right now. Uh-oh, I saw what they were doing in Houston this weekend. <laughs> what were they doing? Everything. It was wild. We need another shutdown, to be honest with you. They were fighting out there, partying. It, it was a good time. Wait, but why? What happened down in Houston? For no reason? It Was it because of that? The, the Memorial Day weekend, the world was open. People were just doing what they want to do now. Here, too, in Philadelphia. Your homegirls was fighting in Philadelphia. I know. I've seen that. They didn't my homegirls. One of your homegirls is fighting. <laughs> it was, uh, what's the name? Um, Alexis Sky. Alexis and Sky Akbar. and what's the other girl name? Akbar. Akbar. The Love and Hip Hop Girls. Yeah. I saw that. That was all over Shade Room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I heard some uh, nasty words was being said about children, too. See, and to go back to what we were saying, kids should definitely be off limits. Like, And I think there's being bad to kids, and I think there's taking it too far. And that situation took it way too far. Yeah. I don't understand that, though. Like, I don't. I mean, some people need to be called out. You seen what Summer Walker's doing? No, what's she doing? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't see this stuff. I missed it. So apparently uh, she was, I guess, she uploaded a picture where she's like, it seems like she's giving her baby honey and like uh, nuts, but like blended. And then they started pulling up all her old tweets about her um, saying she would never give her child, this is before she was pregnant, she would Mm -hmm. never give her child formula because literally it's unnatural. You know how she's like one of those vegan unnatural uh, you know, people. Bed. Yeah. So she would say she was saying that she would never give her child formula because it lasts for this amount of time. And and <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like looking at her picture and, and comparing the baby's picture to an older picture when it was first born, saying it's too skinny now, like the leg looked too skinny. I'm uh, surprised you didn't see this, Dex. No, because I don't follow the shave room anymore. Really? Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. I just I can't do it. And honestly, I forget about it. This somebody will send me a post and I'll go and I'll check some stuff out. And I've been literally yesterday. They sent me a post. I went to it. I went to go check the shade room out. It was people t- calling other people's kids with special needs, the R word. And I said, this is why I can't be a part of it. I can't do it. That's surprising because you were trying to be shade room famous for a while. I could, I could. It's nasty. It's very nasty. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I be said so. Uh, I was having this conversation with some of my radio friends, mm-hmm. um, and we were just talking about how, like, we literally will send someone a good interview. You know, like, you know, you'll DM different blogs or whatever, and like, not get love. But the messiest, messiest things get love, That's and so it's cool. like they're choosing. To post this. I sent the shade room a clip of, of that we did with Caesar when he talked about DMX, literally right, right after DMX passed. Nothing happened with it. But now Caesar's having some drama with his child and they're posting that. And it's just like, 
I don't get it. It's, it's, it's very unfortunate. And to just to speak on this podcast, this is the reason why I also in, enjoy doing this podcast as well, because even with the topics, I know, you know, we get into it, but, you know, we never try to like really slander anybody's name. You know, it's not like we're trying to be hurtful towards other people. And a lot of the world is like that. Even these blogs, like they, they want to see the worst out of people. And so apparently so do the rest of the world because that's what we feed off of. But just about, you know, keep talking about this podcast. I really feel like, you know, we we do our best to keep it whatever it is and not be personal or not do anything like that. And I think that's why, you know, we have a range of different good things. And that's why the shade room hating on us, man. That's all. They just hating. I just wanted that clip. Post. Hating on a positivity. <laughs> man, that's all. I mean, I don't, I don't imagine all the people that are sending them clips. So we also have to consider that, but I always just wanted that in general, like I'll send something positive or, you know, like someone talking about someone else and it's like, okay, it won't get posted, but the mess will get posted. I don't worry. The so mess it's posted all the time. That's the thing. All the time. All the time. So it's like someone's choosing to post this messy stuff, you know, and it just ignore the, the stuff that might be positive or not as messy as just being ignored. Mm-hmm. But people love that stuff, you know, because then you go on on YouTube and you see it and people, you know, they always look up the hey, Tony. Hey, sis, what's going on, baby? We all right. We talk about how messy the world is. <laughs> oh, man, the world is in shambles. It really is. And how literally like blogs and and, uh, they choose to kind of like highlight bad things because I don't know, man, it's it really makes you think, is this a fraction of people that are feeding off of this or or is this really what the world is? Like, we just want to see bad stuff all day, every day. What do you think? This is definitely social media is 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 a bad thing. (laughs) Social media is a bad thing. It is very addictive and it is a fact. It is a known fact because I, for one, I could put up a positive post and I won't get the same reaction I get if I'm beefing with somebody. If I say some some crazy or put up a negative post, I'll get the most comments and the most views and the most likes versus something positive. You know what I mean? So Tony Sunshine is literally and I was saying this before you even got on here. So I'm not just saying this because you're here, but you're literally like a legend, like. You know, you and, and Fat Joe and Big Pun and the Terror Squad, you guys were doing your thing, you know, and representing for the Spanish culture and rap and hip hop. And I don't think it's ever been done the way that you guys did it since then. So you That's have literally seen like the change in the culture. And, and I, I mean, is it different? Is it the same? It was it was it this dramatic before and we just didn't all know about it. I mean, you've you've I seen think, the drama, I, I, Tony. <laughs> I think that uh, I think that it's been this dramatic for many, many years. I think that, you know, it's the, the only fact is that we didn't have social media. We didn't have all the cameras on us and, and pinpointing all the negative things going on behind the scenes. But it's not none has changed. Same shit. Tony, I, I'm, I'm Dexter. I heard that you were in Houston currently, right? I am. In, I am in Houston. OK, so I saw that. There's Memorial Day weekend. So I saw Houston was just completely wild from you being on the ground out there in Houston. Like, what was the scenery like? I just landed this morning. I just okay. got here this morning for a meeting. Uh, I didn't really get to see the, what, what, what was going on, but uh, I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I did it. 
So how was your life during quarantine? Like, what were you doing? Um, during quarantine, I found myself worried about other people. So during quarantine, I kept myself busy by giving back to my community and other communities and not just communities, you know, from where I'm from and where from we're from, like overseas as well. People that needed like uh, uh, Lysol sprays and yes. masks and gloves. And so to me, the world was going to end. And I was on my like, let me do this. Now, I wasn't doing it for recognition. I was doing it more for myself to make myself feel better and hope mm-hmm. that God will forgive me for some of my bullshit. You know what I mean? You thought we was going to die, Tony? Um, <laughs> you thought like for, this, for, for, the Antichrist for, was about to yeah, come down and take mo- us out? For a quick moment there, I was on my, like, I, I thought I thought that shit was going to hit the fan. So mm-hmm. I decided to try to make a difference as much as possible. And we aimed for uh, homeless women in the homeless shelters with, with underprivileged children. Um children in foster homes, old folks that didn't have family to cater to them and tend to them. So that's what I did during COVID, man. Wow. What's going on, Tony? My name is Garnett. Nice to meet you, boss, man. Garnett, what's going on with you, playboy? Not much, man. I need you to keep it real with me, man. You Talk to me. Like Mina said, you've been around for a minute back when camp right. wasn't really there. And you, right. know, you always able to do some things back in the 90s, man. So... How how real was the terror squad back then, man? Like, what was y'all doing mobbing around in these New York streets? I mean, I think the name speaks for itself. You know, I'm one of them guys. I'm one of them guys that don't get too in-depth in detail, and I don't like to boast about, you know, some of the certain things that happen behind the scenes with us and all that. I don't think that the kids need to hear that all the time. You know what I mean? So during interviews, I tend to shy away and stray away from those type of questions. And that's just me. You know what I mean? I, I, I completely respect that. We're we, we going to take But with that answer, but with that, but with that answer right there, you can tell that, you know, yeah, we, we was a force to be reckoned with. You know what I mean? You know Tony. the law a little bit. You know the law. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony, let me ask, because, you know, um, the, the stuff that you guys were rapping about, um, you know, how hard is it to leave behind some of the some of the things that you've lived and tried to operate inside of the music business, you know, because when you're inside of the music business, there's certain things that just don't work as opposed yeah, well, to when you're well, dealing with street people. Like, how, yeah. how do you make that transition? Um, For me, I had to learn the hard way because uh, I definitely was one of those young kids coming up in the music industry where I came from a tough environment. I came from a tough rap group. I was the only R&B singer at the time signed to a major rap group who was out there, you know, so to speak, keeping it real. So I had to uphold and, and, and keep a name. And so, you know, when I decided to be a terror squad member, I decided to be the best terror squad member there was. <laughs> So that stigma follows me to this day. And I, I got into a lot of trouble. Um, I ruined a lot of relationships. Um, a lot of people didn't want me around because they thought I was bad news because of the way I carried myself and the way that, you know, uh, I didn't have nobody to tap me on the shoulder and tell me I was doing the wrong things. And I was just mimicking what I saw in my environment, not knowing that that was going to stagnate my growth and hold me back in the future. 
here I am 20 years later and that stigma still follows me. There's a lot of people that are iffy when they see me, you know, when they are. These days, when I pull up to perform at a show, at a concert or something, the promoters that know me from back in the days would be like, yo, um, bro, we could do like 10 and then everybody else. And I'd be like, what do you mean? It's just me and Los. And they'll be like, for real? It's just me and Los because I learned that moving around with 30, 40 dudes, it doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter if you didn't throw a rock, if you didn't throw a pebble. It doesn't matter if you weren't even standing at that in that corner at that present moment. The fact that they were with you, the fact that they walked through that door with you, whatever they do falls on you. You know what I mean? So I learned that the hard way. These days, I just pull up for Dolo. I pull up me, Lowe's, the DJ, and that's it. You know what I mean? Nice. I don't even come with security. Had to talk to security. Don't know how to act neither. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, some security just, you know, you got to calm them down. Like, bro, we're not here for that. They get it. You security, bro. Matter of fact, stay home next time. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So even in, uh, I guess, the, the mix of you, you know, transitioning from the streets into the industry, how did you, like, change personally or see the people around you change as far as, like, you know, you going from the streets to you being on a major label and now getting money and being a breadwinner? How did those relationships kind of change just within some of your friends and family members? Well, like I said, I'm <laughs> like I said, I'm still working on mending some of those relationships today. Um, I for sure have changed for the better my attitude, the way I carry myself, um, the way I, 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 I speak to people. And, you know, um, it's not easy, but it must be done. You know what I mean? You, 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 you learn, you grow, you move a proper in a certain way and you hope that people take notice and you change and you hope that that stigma falls behind. Well, I think you're doing a good job because I've seen you hanging out with Diddy and Khaled and Fat Joe. You know, y'all was having a Bless, great old time. What was God happening? What was y'all doing? Um, Joe was filming. The, Joe was filming the Sunshine video. Uh, you know, my mom passed away during the Christmas holidays and stuff like that. I buried yeah. my mom three days before Christmas. So I think that uh, Joe was just making sure I was in a good space and being a big brother. And, you know, so he reached out to me and told me, yo, we shooting this video and I want you to come through. Matter of fact, come through. I'm going to take you shirt shopping like things that he knows he don't have to do. Like mm -hmm. I can get my but These are things that a big brother does. So he reached out like, yo, bro, look, come through. Mainly because I guess he didn't want me to be in my head so much. You know what I mean? So we, he brought me out to the video shoot and we had a great time. Diddy was out there. Khaled was out there. Dre was out there. We laughed. We had some drinks. We did a few scenes and it was pretty amazing. You know what I mean? That's incredible. That's nice to hear that, you know, Joe would would do that, you know, during this very difficult time. And I did send my condolences to you and, um, you know. Yes, I know you did. Los, Los told me I was in, I was just in a rough. Uh, I was going through a rough moment and I wasn't able to reach out to everybody, but I truly appreciate you. Yeah, I mean, what are the happy things you remember about her? You know, let's, my let's mom. talk about how incredible your mom was, you know, my like the, the matriarch of the family. My mom was my biggest fan. She was my biggest critic. Um, and no matter what was going on in life, I could do no wrong. 
but we all have mothers like that. You know what I mean? You, the, their baby could do no wrong. Um, <clears throat> if it wasn't for my mother, <clears throat> if it wasn't for my mother, I don't think I would have took music serious to the point that I did because we grew up in a tough environment. We went through a lot of things. You know, I grew up in the shelter system and I grew up with a, with, 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 with an alcoholic stepdad. And we went through tough moments where my mom showed the strength of a true warrior. Like she would block certain things out and make sure that, you know, we had the things we needed to make us feel good like we didn't have everything we needed but like let's just say on assembly day if i needed a shirt and a tie if even if she didn't have it the shirt and tie would pop up right you know, don't ask no questions that shirt and tie will pop up so to me i thought that we were in, in, in a tough predicament and it would never happen and things of that nature my mom would always tell me block it out and follow your dream don't worry about it block it out and follow your dream block it out and follow your dream and so she was always a tough cookie, man. She was always a tough cookie and a force to be reckoned with. I like that. And I love that you can recall those memories, too, because like you said, like a lot of people don't have that opportunity. And the fact that you can do that, I think that speaks volumes. Now, I want to get in your mindset real quick. So you you were somebody during the pandemic. You're like, the world is about to end. I got to go send people Lysol and all this kind of stuff like this. And then after that, at some point, well, technically, we're still in it. But at some point you started filming the Wanda Sons video. And like, what was that experience like being back on set, record, like recording a video to the song? Uh, that you put out? It was dope, it was it was dope. See that song right there, like uh, it, 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 it kind of wrote itself. It's a little, it, it, it's a little vulgar and it got a little edge to it. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to fix it up because it wrote itself. Like I just went in the booth, heard the beat and I was like, my mama told me you gotta slow down. And it, that, whatever came out, I was like, wow, that's hot. I'm going to keep that. Yeah. And it was just me thinking about when I was a kid and my mom would tell me in Spanish, she would tell me, Se te dan, le dan pa atrás. and that means <laughs> if they hit you, you better hit them back. back. <laughs> you, you pick up a brick, you pick up a stick. I don't care, but you better not come home and tell me that they beat on you. And if I would come home with a black eye, a swollen lip or something, she'd grab me by my ear and walk me down the block and knock on the parents' door and be like, my son is going to fight your son right now. <laughs> it's that type of shit. So my mom was crazy, man. She was a gangster. And so that's, you know, is a, is a metaphor. This is, is, is a memory I had of my mom and that's how it came out. And I decided to leave the song as is. Uh, I pulled up to the studio to shoot a scene for the video. And uh, Dre was there. You know, Dre's my brother for many, 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 many years. We, we, we've created so much music together. And so I asked him to hear it and give me his opinion. And he heard it. He told me it was fire. And I asked him, you want to jump on it? He was like, hell yeah, I'll jump on that. And so, you know, a few days later, he sent his verse. And a few days after that, we decided to shoot the visual and the rest is history. It's sort of like a buzz record. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that typically how it works in the industry? Like like you are in the studio with an artist and like they hear what you've worked on. You said, like, do you want to get on this or like, do you have to go through their management? Like, how does that normally work when you want an artist? It depends, it, it depends on your relationship with that artist. Um, it depends on momentum. It doesn't always work that way. You know what I mean? Um, uh, usually, usually we'll send the artist the record to see how they feel about it. And if they feel the record, then we'll, we'll, we'll make a date to meet at the studio and create the vibe. You know what I mean? But 
like I said, when you have certain relationships with people and you bump into people, it depends on who it is. And you'd be like, yo, you listen to this, you like it. Yo, let me jump. So half the time they'll be like, let me jump on that. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta uh, open verse. And, yeah. Um, let me tell you something. I love how ride or die you guys are. Like you've been working with Dre and Cool and Dre for years, and even Fat Joe you know, releasing his new music, you hear Cool and Dre all over again. It just reminds me of like so the, two, the 2000s again. Yeah, I met Cool and Dre. I met Cool and Dre. Khaled introduced them to us in uh, nine, 1999. We were walking the strip on South Beach. It was Memorial Day weekend. It was crazy out there. It was a bunch of people singing and you know, um, they introduced Cool and Dre to us and we was walking around and there were people singing and rapping and everybody was, you know, showing their talent off. And I just opened up my mouth to drink. I was kind of drunk and being a young kid on the first time in Miami and just having fun. And Dre looked at me and was like, yo, bro, you really sing. <laughs> yeah, he was like, you really, really sing like for real. And I was like, yo, thank you, bro. And one thing led to another and they said they made music. And so they sent me a bunch of beats and stuff like that and, and, and pre-recorded records. And I let Joe hear them. And one thing led to another. We took Cool and Dre to New York City to work on my album. They were supposed to stay for like a week, two weeks. They, they, they ended up staying for like six months and became family. Wow. You know what I mean? That's beautiful because that, that actually led to the question that I was even going to ask just about you guys' connection, the New York to Miami connection. I, you know, I'm I'm a little bit younger, but from what I can remember, you know, I felt like Terror Squad kind of introduced that, you know, going down there with Khaled. And then, you know, now you got Rick Ross and Lil Wayne on records, you know, but I really feel like that connection was made through that. So that kind of go along, you know, with what you already said. Oh, oh, I built that man. So that's that's legendary. So y'all, y'all with the guy Khaled, man. That's legendary status right there. Uh, Order his plants. He always been doing that. <laughs> yeah, you you know, Khaled has always been that Khaled. If you mm -hmm. don't know, Khaled has always been that same individual. Whether the cameras is on or off, he's always had that same energy, that same spunk. He's always jumped out the window. He's always jumped off the roof into the pool. He's always done the same <laughs> damn thing. So big up to Khaled, man. I'm proud. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for him. He's put in a lot, a lot, a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, as well as, as well as in the forefront, he's done a lot for the hip hop community. But he is a true legend. You know what I mean? He's a true legend. He, he He's a true survivor, a true warrior. He's going hard. He's making his mark. And I'm proud of him. Man. I'm truly proud of him. Tone, you you've been around Pun and Joe. You know, can you talk about a session that was probably like the most magical session that you've been in? Oh, man, I think. Wow, there's so many. There's so many sessions. I think uh, I think my favorite session was when Joe and Pun were doing the song with Buju Bonsai. Uh, what about Pun? Rude boy salute with your gun. Yeah. I think that the song had so much energy and just Buju's voice, just the, the transformation, the, the, the energy and his shit was just insane and you know, I'm, 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 
I'm also like a, don't judge me, but I'm also like a big Terror Squad groupie. You know what I'm saying? Like, As I'm a you fan. should be. I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan of everyone else in the group besides myself. Like, I really listen to lyrics. I really listen to music. I really love what we do. So when we create great music, even if I'm involved, even if I'm not involved, even if I've been out of the picture for many years and I hear something that Joe has created or Remy or just the team or anybody that has to do with Terror Squad. And when it's fire, it just sends a shockwave through my through my body. And I'm you know like those a fan. Yeah. yeah, I'm a fan. You know, I'm yeah. like, wow. <laughs> and people be like, oh, get off your own dick. My man, shut up, bro. I can't be a fan. Like, I can't be a fan. That's understandable. You know, it's funny that you said because I was going to ask you what's your Mount Rushmore of rappers, but I feel like that'll be like really difficult for you just because like you've been around for you've been around so many people. You've been nah, my Mount my Mount Rushmore of rappers. You know, I'm not I'm not going to include my team because it would be unfair. It's just the two animals. But um, I will put G Rap, okay, Fab, mm-hmm. Buster, okay, mm. and Jada. Fair. That's a fair list. Yes. That's that's, that's my Mount Rushmore real, right there. Real, real I'm, I, listen, I got I got a top ten uh-huh. rapper list from New York, and I got a top ten rapper list from California. I was just thinking you're, you're right, so but that's my but, but that's my Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You New York all day, every day. You tell it's them from New the York. Bronx. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I gotta rep for mine. Listen, speaking of the Bronx, there's a street in the Bronx that was renamed to honor Big Pun. Fordham Road and Grand Concourse is now yes. Big Pun Plaza. Yes. Incredible. How important is that? It is major, man, because you know, for a lot of years. For a lot of years, I felt like Big Homie wasn't getting his just doing his recognition. And, you know, um, a lot of things surfaced after he passed away. And, and, and I understand politics and I understand um, certain things that have to take place before greatness takes place. Right. So, um, but for a long time, I just felt like, why do they exclude him from greatness? Why do they exclude him from from why they, don't they mention him with the greats when they speak about true lyricists and, and, and just, you know, above all greats. So it's amazing. I say that to say that it, it just felt amazing for him to finally get his just due and get a street named after him in the Bronx, where we all know he loved the Bronx so much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He loved his people so much. So it's amazing. You know, Tone, um, we talked about this, how when I used to listen to music, I you don't really li- like when you're listening to music, especially back in the day. Now, everything is very visual, but you never really knew what the person looked like. Right. So but I knew you guys were Spanish because you need to incorporate the language in the music, right. you know, and you guys are trailblazers for that, you know, like just the Spanish crew that really held it down with the lyricism and and you just really represented for Spanish people and our place in rap. And, you know, present day, I feel like Cardi B is really holding that down. But why do you think Amazing. we haven't seen that? Why we, do you think we haven't seen like a crew like the Terror Squad present day hold it down for Latinos and hip hop the way that you guys held it down? 
That's a good question, Mina, and I, I, I honestly don't have an answer for that. I wish that I wish that we could see one. I wish we could see one. I wish we could see a new terror squad. You know, um, I don't have an answer. I don't know. Tony, they may I be. Think, but I think you're right. I think Cardi B is doing a super duper amazing job. She's doing her thing. Maybe, maybe you don't see it because Tony, a lot of people may be like you and they're like, you know what? I can't travel with this large crew. It's just got to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't suggest you guys actually um, become a terror squad. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you know how we do, Tony. We travel deep. We got to take Titi and Tia. Cousin, Calito, your cousin, Carlito, Paola, Maria, you know, Italiana, Carlos, Aldo, Flaco, Flaca, <laughs> Pepe. Everybody's coming. Yeah, word. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Tony, can you talk about your chain real quick? I just, I'm, I'm I, I love it. I think that chain is really dope, and I love that. So, so I am out here. I am out here in Texas. Los and I, uh, we had a meeting with some of our people out here uh, and we are becoming certified jewelers mm. certified. I am breaking yes. into, I am breaking into the jewelry market. I'm learning everything there is to, to learn about gold, about platinum, about diamonds, mm -hmm. even about silver. And uh, that's what we're out here doing. So we was meeting with some of our guys, some of our people and learning the ropes and, getting some tips of what we need to do and how we need to communicate with other jewelers and, and, and uh, things like that. So we're getting ready to create our own logo, get it certified, get it patented. Um, sometime in the middle of July, we're going to throw uh, uh, a party in Miami where people are going to get to come by and, 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 and like a showcase, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But we want to throw like a black tie event. I don't want to just throw any type of event. I want it to be something really nice, memorable, luxurious black tie event. Come through, have a drink, look at some diamonds, look at some watches, make yourself feel good about it. And if you got the bag, spend it. You're coming, out of You're coming out of this quarantine on top, and I love this. That's right. You have to, man. I, listen, I was in a bad place about seven years ago. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm not afraid to talk about it. I was in a really bad place, and and and, and I had to go to my higher power, and I had to, to really dig deep within myself to get me out that hole and stand on my tent. So um, I come far. I come, I come way too far to stop. You know what I mean? I, I want I want parts of everything and anything that's productive, positive, and it's going to generate the bag. Right. And you can put your song Wanda's Son in the commercial. <laughs> Back. <laughs> Back. So Back. you got this song out. It's fire. What else is coming up? You know, do you feel inspired or has has what's happening um, with your mom kind of changed your perspective and the music that you're making? So I have a whole Spanish project that I worked on. Um, it's amazing. Joe and I are talking behind the scenes. We're putting some together. Hopefully it'll work and 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 you guys get to hear the magic. Either way, you guys are going to get to hear it. Um, yeah, I'm focusing on that more right now, Mina. So I got a whole English project I'm working on. It's an R&B project. It's, 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 it's more catering to the ladies. But I want to put out the Spanish project first, only because it's my first time putting out a Spanish project. My fan core base has been asking me to do it for over 20 years. 
the Latino community, you know, uh, uh, um, some of the greats have come to me and have asked me why I haven't broken to the Spanish market. And so I feel it's the right time. I feel it's a good time for me to to do it. I think my mother would want me to finally do that. And um, that's what I'm aiming for at this present moment. What Spanish rappers do you like or singers like what 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 are your top? What's your top right now? I like uh, I don't really, you know, and talk, I'm being honest. Talk about and it. And I'm going to be honest. I don't really listen to Spanish artists that much. Yo, you know me I mean? neither. Me neither. And not that I don't like, like them. Not that I don't like them. I think that a lot of them are pretty dope. You know what? I'm lying. You know who I really, really, really like? Papa Secreto. Papa Secreto has a song, I think it's called Gay Guerrillero. And that song right there, uh, when I heard it, it had been a long time where I heard a Spanish record that that made my hair stand up and made me feel inspired and, and, and made me feel like I can relate. So when I heard that record, it inspired me. I think I drove Los crazy for like two months playing back <laughs> to back to back. I think I sang that shit in my sleep. <laughs> uh, why so, is that? I think the last time I, I really was into like a, a Spanish artist was when Daddy Yankee had his run, you know, and I, I had the album and everything. And I, yeah, I, I haven't. Had, I like I like I like songs. I like songs with melody and songs I can feel. I'm not really into the club type records. And again, I don't want any of my Latin people to get offended in any type way because I'm pro. Like, I'm for everybody, but I'm pro Latino. Um, I've advocated for my people since day one. We proved it with 100 percent. So it's not like I'm, I'm I'm not knocking my people. I'm just saying that I I never got the opportunity to feel as inspired as I did when I heard that record. I like songs with melody. Like, let's just say the last other few records that I heard that inspired me was like Nicky Jams with Enrique Iglesias. You know, Enrique Iglesias with songs like Hero. You know, <laughs> songs like that, big records. Yeah. Big records that, you know, I can belt out in the shower and pretend they're mines when nobody's yeah. looking. Like, <laughs> record? Exactly. Like that. When I hear a record and I feel like, Damn, I wish that was my record. Yes, yes. That's when I know it's a great record. Tony, can you sing for us? Because you can really sing. If you don't want to, <laughs> it's cool. But I don't think people understand. You can really sing, sing. Uh, I don't like how you asked that question. Now, you did it in like a little flirty way. Like, just be like, yo, Tony, can you spit a couple bars for us? <laughs> <get a singing? laughs> uh, I want to be serenaded by Tony. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is a this is a joint that uh, a close friend of mine, Cliff Lighty, and I wrote about ten years ago. But I love to sing it, and it it, it means something to me. I think I'm gonna actually have to put it to some type of music, or, or just let the people have it. But it's it's an easy going joint, but it goes like this: it goes, it's time to break. It's too much at stake, no fake, I got moves to make. I'm out in VA with the weight and these out-of-state plates, ducking jakes up in the coop of a roof with duct tape laid low in my out-of-town peeps. While my shorty's at home, man, she's starting to think. She found an address on the Western Union, password boo-boo, I'm going through it. 
Street corner hustling. Ain't never had much nothing. But since I came up, they dragging my dick in the dirt and it hurts. And it's worse because I've got issues. Throw my hands, throw my hands, throw my hands up. Make a plan, keep my hands out of handcuffs. Send up some love from up above. Heaven knows that I've got issues. Woo! No, wait. I mean, I do have a question for you. Tony, this is something we talked about earlier in the show. That was a phenomenal job you just did. Mina, does, he, does he sound the way he looks? Like what you think that that voice is coming out of this person? You know what? Nah, crazy? I get that all the time. Yeah. I get that. All, I get that. I thought you was a. Uh, I thought you was a rapper. I even got. I thought you was a dancer. It's like, <laughs> dang, so I came to dance for dough, like, for real? yo. You know what's crazy though? I feel like as time has gone on, they've made R and B rappers into like you have to be a sex symbol. You gotta have your so shirt me, off. Me, so let me tell you, sir. I mean, and this is no lie. This is this is the truth. And, and, and I don't want to sound cocky and I don't want to blow smoke up my own ass, but I feel, I feel me. I feel like I invented trap R&B, right? Because when I was busy out there being an R&B gangster, they kept telling me it'll never work. They said, it'll never work. R&B singers don't rap and rappers don't sing. And I kept telling them, what do you mean with Lauren Hill? Oh, mm. oh, oh. What do you mean, Missy Elliott? We don't have a male a male singer doing it, and I'm Spanish. Nobody was trying to hear me, though. They kept telling me it wasn't the wave, it wasn't going to work, it wasn't going to happen, it wasn't, you know, and then good old cute little Drake came moonwalking up the block with <laughs> back friends and shit. And, you know. And then Ja, um, and then ja Rule, ja Rule not, was doing it, too, remember? Who? But you was doing it way before Ja Rule. Ja Rule, exactly. You know, so 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 when I was bringing it to the forefront of just trying to play my 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 R and B gangster joints to people, they <laughs> they thought it was dope, but they just thought like it's not gonna work because they don't know what singing about killing people. You singing about the block. <laughs> you singing about well, look, it's the wave now. If you a rapper and you can't hold the melody, you might not get signed. People might not listen to you. You know what I'm saying? If you sing and you can't spit a few bars, it might not work out for you. So what it we're might saying, not work out for you. So what we're saying for you guys listening to us is that Tony walked so Drake could run. I'm just putting that out. <laughs> I say that what? I said Tony walked so Drake could run. <laughs> I think that I think we're two different artists. I think what Drake does is truly super duper duper amazing. I'm a big fan. Um. He's an icon. He's a young legend. He's worked hard to get where he's at. And I think we two different people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because when I was making my shit, I was talking about real shit. I was talking <laughs> about the streets. And, Fair. you know, we I was I was really out there. I was really active. You know what I mean? And the boy don't try to be a gangster. He doesn't try to be a tough guy. He makes music for the, for, for the ladies. You know what I mean? So we two different type of artists. Mm -hmm. But big up to Drake. He's amazing. He's phenomenal. The and young that's goat. on that. And that's on that. Tony Sunshine started trap R&B. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> on Wanda. <laughs> on Wanda. <laughs> on Wanda. Well, Wanda, son, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a blessing. I appreciate you as always, Mina. You already know anything you need from me. You hit lows. We'll get it done no matter what.
All guys, right. I appreciate you guys. It's been a pleasure kicking it with you guys. I hope it's not the last time, fellas. Nice it to won't be. I want to invite you guys. I want to invite you guys to the showcasing in Miami. Hopefully, the party, and if you guys can make it, would be truly dope. I'll come down for you. I haven't been to Miami in a long time, especially during the pandemic. They was acting crazy down there. I yeah, they still acting crazy. <laughs> they still acting crazy, but we blocked that out. You know, we grown. We keep it grown. We keep it sexy, and you know, we we let the youth do what they do, understanding that they're young, and hopefully, we could give them some some words of encouragement and words of advice. And if they don't listen, then we just yeah. stay away. And you know I, got, I, mean? I got my vaccine, so I'm I'm straight. Me and, and too. Just Me us, too. And just send us a little price list so that we know we're looking at with the jewelry, and we're, we're good to go. Yeah, this 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 particular joint right here. I don't want to know the price for that. Forty four thousand. <laughs> this one right here is like forty four thousand. Chain and piece. Okay. Got a house around your neck, man. A little something. <laughs> you know, I had to do it. I got another one coming that's gonna make somebody jump off the. <laughs> yeah. So I actually got something like this. It's just like this, but without without the sun rays. And it says Wanda's son in script letters and two angels on the side holding up the Wanda's son. It's gonna be oh. crazy. It's gonna look crazy. You're wearing my you're wearing my student loans around your neck, but I love it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> my down payment Yo, on my mortgage. Appreciate you guys. Salute. Mina, love you, girl. Thank, Thank you. you. Hopefully I'll yeah. see you for the Puerto Rican parade. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Bye, baby. Bless. Bye. Bye, Los. Bye. <laughs> That's a good guy right there. That was Tony. good. That was really good. Tony Sunshine. 4,000. I don't even count that high. <laughs> Listen, he knows where the bodies are buried. Yeah. But, but I also love that the, when he said he's venturing into jewelry, because like, like literally when I saw the, the, the chain, my mind was like, I love it. Like, I love to see the rappers wear chains and stuff like that. But to know that you're getting to the business side of it, that's so dope to me. I think that's a good um, a good venture for him because he has the connects. He's been around for a long time. And these jewelers are just as famous as the rappers these days. You know, you never I forget Jacob the jeweler. Remember him back in the day, Jacob the jeweler? I was I was just about to bring that up. Dex also to go back to even what Nina was saying, his network um, with with his network, he's a trustworthy person, you know, somebody that they've known for years, because a lot of these jewelers, they pop up out of nowhere. And then years later, you found out they was selling some fake stuff. So, you know, no rapper like to get sold fake stuff. So do you guys know the really popular Asian jeweler? I forgot his name. I don't know his name, but I know who you're talking about, though. Down in Texas, too. Um, Shoot, I'm about to look. Yo, up. he ran up on me and gave me like a silver, like a, his business card, but it was like silver. Like it was hard. And I was like, this guy running around giving people silver cards for jewelry. <laughs> yeah. Well. And then um, I forgot his name, but I know that he'd be doing all the big rappers. And I just I, I forgot his name. You know, I'm terrible with names. Um, <laughs> I'm find it. Anyways, that's big business. So. Uh, before we wrap up, I really just want to Johnny Dang. Johnny Dang. I was gonna say Dang, but Johnny Dang ran up on me and gave me his business card, and it was like platinum. <laughs> his business card. I still got it. I don't. I you know maybe one day I'll try to see if it's worth something. But because uh, 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 a lot of people down there in Texas, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's probably why Tony Sunshine is down there, but they, they do a lot of gold and silver. Yeah, Paul Wall. That's a big... We should have asked him about that. 
Paul Wall got a whole business doing grills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's big money. Yeah, and they got amazing tacos in Texas. Never been. Well, everything is great in Texas. Taco. I don't know if everything's great in Texas. Everything. <laughs> they say everything's big in Texas. And that too. We got it going on down there. <laughs> okay, so real quickly, uh, let's wrap up uh, our in our feed because I really want to show love to Naomi Osaka, um, young tennis player. Uh, you know, people are comparing her to Serena and, um, you know, she she did a really remarkable thing. You know, she has anxiety speaking to the media. A lot of the times the media asks those tough questions. And sometimes if you've played a match or you've you've played a tough game, you might not be in the mental space to handle those tough questions or to handle people criticizing how you played, how you did. So um, she's been vocal about the anxiety that she feels talking to the media on a world stage. This is the French Open. This is a big championship. And she said she wasn't going to do media. Now, it's in her contract for her to do this. So they fine her $15,000. She decides to pull out because obviously this is not affecting her mental health well. Um, Now there's like this big media circus around the fact that she got fined. Pierce Morgan is being a bully, questioning you, saying that she's using mental health as if he's in her mind and he knows what's going on with her. The guy gets on my nerves. He gets under my skin. But why do you think that our society does not respect people when it comes to matters of their mental health? They think it's an excuse for you to get out of something. Well, you can't see it. You know, when it comes to like a mental health thing, it's something that I physically can't see. And even when you're acting out certain things because of mental health, I just think that you're acting crazy. Like we've been conditioned to think that way. We can't physically see mental health. Like, like I guess a perfect example is like COVID or like cancer. Like we see actual things happening to a person's body and we're like, you know what? They have this. But when it comes to mental health, that's something that's in your mind. And the only person who can actually see it or feel it is you. And it's like, we are conditioned to not trust anything that we can't actually put our hands on. It drives me crazy. They do this to Kanye. Like the man has mental health issues. What do you need to see his doctor reports? You need him to sign over his HIPAA form so that he can release the medication that he's on. That this is private information. What you're (laughs) feeling inside and the things that make you feel anxious or whatever, or the things that trouble you, that's nobody's business. It gets under my skin. People drag Kanye and it's like half the time he's manic. But you also, I guess, on I don't want to say devil's advocate, but on the other side of it, because I guess I am kind of this person sometimes where it's like you see someone like Naomi or you see someone like Kanye West. And it's like when they're when they're not going through anything, like they're on top of the world, like it's like they're amazing and all this other stuff is going on. And it's just like, how is this possible? And I think people are always often dazed and like a little confused by like. How are you going through anything when you just present everything so perfectly? And they're not even trying to present it like everything is so perfect. Like literally things are going well and then something happens and it doesn't work out that way. And that is a very hard concept to understand. Yeah, I, I agree with you, uh, Dex, as well, as far as. I don't like that you agree with me like this. I, yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, this show is like weird. Again, this is a weird day. It's, it's, it's something going on June 1st. Um, Mercury's in retrograde. That's what it is. <laughs> it's also Pride Month. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to insinuate okay, anything. Yeah, that, that <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's also, uh, <laughs> it's also Black, right Black Music Month. <laughs> 
she throw that in there. Oh <laughs> uh, no! Nah, when when it comes to just sports and entertainment in general, man, they really build you up to bring you back down. They don't care that what age you are. They don't like even you know somebody. I know we're talking about Naomi Osaka, who is young. You know she's been a professional for like the last like five or six years. She's only twenty three. So can you imagine? You know, just putting a twenty year old and making them be a grown man and having to, or a grown woman in this case, and having to speak as if they're, you know, a, a, a owner of a Fortune 500 company who's been doing it for 40 years. You know, this is a 20 year old that is going to make mistakes right in front of our eyes. And the media knows that too. Like this is, this is what they do. So, you know, it, it is anxiety driven. I, we've all been through it, even on interview questions to go to a job. How many times have one of those questions be like, oh, I don't know how to answer this. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me try my best. But, you know, it's millions of people watching these uh, watching these ladies and gentlemen actually speak. And, you know, they're role models for people as well. So taking a stance like this shows the other, you know, the kids, the girls and the boys that, hey, if you need to take a break for yourself, especially if your goal and your focus is just this sport. Not to be famous. It's just to do your sport and do your best try to win as much as you can and get better and not worry about everything else. So I actually do applaud her for sticking up for what's right for her. It may not be right for the reporters. It may not be right for me. It may not be right for you, but for her, in order for her to be great and her best, this is the decision that she had to make. And I look forward to other, you know, uh, entertainment people and uh, athletes to start doing the same because this is something that I know it's contractual and stuff, but at a certain point, what, like, are, are you here to eventually slander them or are you there to try to help them through this process? And a lot of times I don't think they're there to help the athletes through the process. I will say though, and I'm not speaking about all journalists, but I feel like journalism has gone down this really ugly road since social media where literally everyone's trying to get the clip. Everybody's trying to get the salacious headline. We just talked about how certain things are posted versus others, the kind of response they get. It's like, they're looking for you to say something. She beats Serena. They're looking, they're looking for a drama. They're looking for, Oh, they hate each other. You know, like they're looking for, for something. And a lot of the times their answers are scrutinized. They're chopped up. They're made into headlines. Um, and it's exhausting. And as a young girl, a young woman, how do you even know how to navigate through that? And I, I think that, you know, even me just being a radio personality, you have no idea how many label people have come to me and said, Mina, your interviews are a breath of fresh air. You know, thank you for caring about the art, about the artists, about the music, about doing the research and not just asking the easy questions with the low hanging fruit you know it's funny that you say that because i think back to what garnett said at the beginning of the show where he said like this show was so different and so forth and so on i think it's because you've set the tone and like the entire time we were talking i'm like the media needs to be fun again and i think that's what something that this show brings it's fun like it's a fun show and like i think that we should start a hashtag and say make the media fun again because back in the day honestly when i wanted to get into this industry it was because it was so much fun now like you got to be like a shock jock everybody has to be wendy williams now and it's like it was so much better when like 
there was like so like variations of different people or whatever. Like you know how some artists and celebrities are afraid to go to Wendy Williams because they'll get attacked. Now you have people afraid to talk to journalists at the U.S. Open because they're going to get attacked. Like that is crazy to me. Yeah, and it's it's happening. And you know what? Everybody has their style. That was her style. But everybody don't need to be like that. Like every, you know, I mean, and look, you, sometimes you have to ask the hard questions. But, you know, for these athletes, a lot of the times people be disrespectful asking them questions, you know, and it's like or, uh, you know, my shout out to Terrell Thomas. Uh, he's a sports blogger. He literally posted about this the other day. I work with him on, on the other sports show that I'm on. He said people ask the same questions like. And Naomi said that in her in in her write up. Yeah. I literally sit there sometimes and y'all ask me the same questions four different times. Like she didn't say four, but she said you keep asking the same questions. Like, why would people want to sit down and do media if the media ain't doing better? If the media ain't asking different questions, or you know, if 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 someone asked your question already, don't ask it. What was something else? Don't or don't ask nothing at all. Like. I'm going to get a question then. <laughs> I'm going to ask the same question. question a different way and expect a different answer. The, 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 even the sick part about that, right, is that they know that they're asking the same question and they actually want that mad response of, yo, stop asking me the same question. That's the weird part because they do that a lot to, you know, basketball players a lot where they will just – like you said, same question, same question. Then eventually LeBron goes, yo, stop, stop asking me that. But that's, yeah. that's the clip that they were actually looking for. Right. But I think also like each media outlet is trying to get like content for their sites. Right. Yeah. So they would never post the question that you, the other media site asked. So they try to ask it themselves and then isolate that clip. But again, media has become so centralized. That, that needs to be updated because once the person says it, everybody has it. And you don't need to include the person asking the questions. You just include the clip of the person an answering the question. But I mean, I'm and I'm part of the media. I'm not trying to dog anybody out or talk crap about anyone. But I, if I were an artist, I'd be annoyed, too. You know, like I, I know what kind of crap is out there because I feel like I'm doing my job every day. Every interview I do, no matter what platform I'm doing it, I'm trying to have the best conversation I can with that person. And it's like it's incredible to me how many people come to me and say, Mina, I really appreciate you like for just doing asking a different question, not going to the easy drama stuff. Sometimes people will just tell you stuff. Tony Sunshine just said he started trap R and B. <laughs> like I, I didn't, we didn't bait that. That was enjoyable, very enjoyable. We didn't. We were just having a good conversation. So I applaud Naomi. I think that you know people need to be guarded about their mental health, and I think that most people that are talented in what they do, they struggle internally. They're hard on themselves. They 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 work long hours. Um, you know they're critical and it sometimes causes depression and low self-esteem and, and uh, anxiety and self-doubt. These are real things. Look at poor, poor Koi Larray. I know I'm going off on a tangent, but Koi Larray, you know, she got this big song. She's performing video going viral of nobody, you know, responding to her. People are laughing. That's what all up and coming artists go through. You got to learn how to rock the crowd. 
You know, this is a learning process. And she's over here on social media talking about this makes me so sad. I'm depressed. This is what we do it to people. So be respectful of people's mental health. Naomi Osaka, we salute you. And you keep keep telling them I'm going to head on out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to let y'all get into my mental. Y'all not going to break me down. I, I Go ahead. Keep your little 15,000. Keep, keep your little grand slam money, your fresh open French open money. I'm good on that. I want to add one more thing, too. And this is for the people that may even think that, you know, uh, I guess saying that you have this anxiety or, or something like that when it comes to social media or questions, that's not a weak thing to have. At, at all. So I don't want anybody to look at that as it's a weakness when, you know, sometimes you don't even know that it's there. I'm pretty sure she has been dealing with it until one day she probably didn't do it or put down her phone and didn't realize how happy that made her and didn't realize, oh, you know, I probably can leave that alone because now I can figure out what makes me happy and what what doesn't make me happy. Mm-hmm. That's that's is for the people that's out there. That is not a weakness at all. I agree. Thank you for listening to the 100th and 80th episode of the Mina's House podcast. 180. Good God. Um, I want to thank Tony Sunshine for joining us um, and thank anybody who's still listening or watching. We appreciate you. This is a long one. Uh, we have a Patreon account. Oh, I hate this. We still don't have not one donor. This is terrible. <laughs> so um, it's Patreon. It p-a-t-r-o-n dot podbeam dot com and just put in there Mina's House Podcast. Okay, I know it's long. If you go in our link in bio on our social media pages at Mina's House Pod, it is there all the way at the bottom. So um, thank you guys for the support. I'm Mina Say What? Garnett Briscoe. Jack Stucky. Talk to you next week. <laughs>